First of all, I didn't think about when I was coming today how many familiar faces of people I love that I was going to see here. So this has been um, almost weepy for me to watch this. The second thought that I've had this morning uh, on arriving is now I understand why a few years ago Emily kept calling me and asking me to come be your old people at this church. Um, she asked me at, at least twice. The invitation was, we would really like to have you at Kaleo. We don't have anyone as old as you. And so today I'm really feeling this. <laughs> and then uh, of all Sundays for it to be like the day before All Saints Day. So I'm talking about old deceased people. And I'm gray-haired, and I, so here we are, guys. So be, pa be patient with the old people today. That's what, that's what our message is. Um, so before we dive in, and even before we stand and read the scripture today, I'd like to hear who some of the saints are that were mentioned at your tables, just because we're celebrating them. We're celebrating their lives um, so actually, All Saints Day is tomorrow, and All Souls Day is Tuesday, but today, um, we can't let the great pumpkin get all the glory, right? So, so today, we're going to work uh, on beginning to name these folks, and I hope you begin to name them all week, um, begin to celebrate all week those who have modeled things for you. Um, and I get weepy. I'm just going to tell you, the older you get, the lower your dew point gets, and I'm doing this even just seeing some of you, so... Uh, if I get weepy, you, you can just go, oh, she's old. She's old. Okay, who, are you, who, are, who was named at your tables? Just, you don't have to explain. Just name their names. Who? Benedict. Oh, wow. Didn't expect that one. Okay, who else? It can be like somebody living now. Maybe we didn't get that far. Names? Moses? Yay. Good one. Who? Okay. Al Merce. We give thanks for Al. Anybody else? Who was that? Okay. Oh, I know Daniel. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Well, if you are able and if you have your, I'm going to say phone, available, you, I don't see any actual physical Bibles in the room. Um, let's, well, oh, you, actually you have the text right here, right? No need to have a Bible. <laughs> uh, if you're able to stand for this, just to wake us up a little bit more and to give honor to the Word of God, let's read today's text, and then we'll dive in. This is from Hebrews 11:32 to 12:2. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, 
escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. And you may be seated. And I may be seated, which is one of the best parts of preaching at Kaleo. <laughs> All right. Um, so we read that text today, but I'm actually going to take us through. You would have been scared to death if I read us the entire section of scripture that I am going to be talking about today because I'm going to start in chapter 10 and go all the way through part of chapter 12. Um, so we're not reading all of that. But um, what I want you to hear is this entire section it's a perfect All Saints Day text, but this entire section has a purpose, and that's not just so we would remember the names of all these people, for some reason, mostly men who get named in this passage, <laughs> right? But it's not just so we can remember this long history. There is a purpose for this for our lives, and it starts in chapter 10. During this whole book, the author hear me say the author and not name that author, right? Because it's Hebrews. <laughs> During this whole book, the author has been um, convincing us that what Jesus has done for us, that the blood of Jesus has given us access to God, direct access, right? And so this whole book has been about that. But now the author is changing focus. And for this next chapters 10, 11, 12, the author is encouraging us to persevere encouraging us to become people of great endurance and courage <laughs> and wisdom who can act differently in the world where we are. Um, and so I want you to hear that today. So actually, beginning in the end of chapter 10, um, I'm going to read you just a couple more verses here. But in chapter 10, verse 32, But recall those earlier days when after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and persecution, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those who were in prison, and you cheerfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you yourselves possessed something better and more lasting. Do not, therefore, abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward, for you need endurance. Anybody feel like today you need endurance? Anybody want 
testify, like, today I need endurance. <laughs> okay. Um, for you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And hear this. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. But we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. So I've been thinking this week about that phrase, shrinking back. It's kind of not something we say every day. But you know the concept, right? Has anybody ever like walked up on a high dive, determined that you're going to dive off the diving board on the high dive, and then you shrunk back? I would. <laughs> um, and I was remembering this story when, so for 11 years we lived in Russia, and when our children were the size of some of those on the other side of that wall, we lived in Russia. And there weren't very many good places to go play. There was certainly nothing like the playground that is outside this building. Um, and so all of a sudden, McDonald's came to Kiev, Ukraine, and McDonald's put up not a play place, but one slide with a, t a tube slide, and it was the biggest deal in the history of mankind. Um, so we took our little two-year-old and three-year-old, and we walked down to the McDonald's to do the slide. Um, we carefully helped Emily, you know, climb to the top of the slide, and she sat down and started down, and we ran to the bottom to catch her when she would come out the bottom, our precious little red-headed two-year-old, and she did not come. And she did not come, and she did not come. Finally, we're like, what's happened? There's no other kids around. She's not been abducted. Like, she's, she's not sitting at the top. And so we had to actually climb up the slide and find that she had started going down, decided this was not worth it, and she had shrunk back. She had crawled back up and braced herself in the tube slide so that she would not go down and had to be rescued. And it, can anyone relate to this? <laughs> like, does anyone feel like sometimes you're bracing yourself in the tube slide because you don't, like, it takes so much courage to live against the flow in this world that sometimes we shrink back. This text is telling us that we are not to be people who shrink back. So how do we persevere? How do we become people who don't shrink back? And then the author launches into sometimes what I, was, what I heard referred to growing up is the faith hall of fame, right? So this chapter 11, which the parts that we did not read, excessively long. But chapter 11 starts naming all these people who lived by faith. And we don't live by faith alone, we live by water, so hang on. So it's like by faith Abel, by faith Abraham, by faith Moses, by faith, and it, all these people, right? And it keeps repeating this phrase, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. But if you actually stop and look at the list of people in this chapter, you know that these were not perfect human beings, right? We know, like their lives would have ended up on tabloids in the grocery store. You would have read about them on the lot, you know. We wouldn't have bought those tabloids, right? We would have just seen them in the grocery <laughs> But, I mean, there's no, like, moral impeccability here. Like, they, they did things that we would consider wrong. Um, it's a history of deceit and of um, 
being a product of their time, right? Of violence, of all kinds of things that we would not associate with just being a Christ-like person, <laughs> right? There's this list, but it keeps saying, by faith, by faith, by faith. And that makes me stop and think, what do we mean by faith? I loved your phrase today. What was that? I'm going to pick on you, but the line you used about faith, about it's not, say it louder, not believing but beholding, right? So much of what we have associated with faith and the way we use the word and the way we talk about the word faith is about believing the right things. Do you believe the right things? Like, do you have the right list of doctrines? I'm going to suggest that the people that are named in this text could not pass a systematic theology class with Dr. Tim Gaines. Right? <laughs> At least without taking it, they couldn't walk in and pass the test, right? I'm going to suggest that the people in this text, I heard you have a podcast, and now I'm already in the middle of saying this. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to suggest that the people in this text could not get through a district licensing interview on the Mid-South District to be ministers, right? They don't because we have associated that with a list of right beliefs, and we very rarely ask about any other kind of faith that would be practice-based, right? Um, <laughs> so what is it about these folks that is attributed to the kind of faith that has helped them to endure. And, this, and the passage actually tells us, and I'm getting confused between my notes here, um, but let's look, I'm, I'm looking at verse 13 now. It says, all of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. There's something out in the future that they see that is part of why they're attributed to have faith. Um, they confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Now, if you've been around here very often, I'm trusting that, this, that your pastoral team has helped you know that that homeland is not far away in the clouds, right? That the, the home that we are seeking is when heaven comes to earth, And everything is made new, right? So these folks are seeking that homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, if they had been thinking of empires of this world, going back to Egypt, doing all, like if they had been thinking of that, they would have had opportunity to return. If they decided to live by empire, they could go, but they didn't. Somehow they had trained themselves into longing for a better world to come for the healing of the planet, for the healing of the nations, for the he- like they were seeking the kingdom of heaven come to earth. And because they were doing that, they had faith. <laughs> But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Um, So all of them died not receiving that thing that they were looking for. Um, but they practiced on earth what it meant to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And when we practice that, when we have that vision so firmly in sight <laughs> that we belong to another kingdom, 
We don't have to choose between warring parties here on earth, political or otherwise, right? We don't, it's not A or B. There is a third option <laughs> in every situation. It's the option of this other land that we are citizens of. And it's like living life to a different soundtrack. It's being piped in from another place. And we are not citizens of this world anymore. We are citizens of this other. And so the things that we begin to do, the things that we begin to desire in this world are things in line with the kingdom of God that is coming now and is, com and is coming in its fullness later, right? We begin to shape our desires around that. So I want to just give you a couple of stories today that stand out to me as examples of how people lived this. Um, some of my favorites, and if, if you have been in any of my, there's a few people here who have been in intercultural studies classes with me and will have heard some of these stories because um, I might have them on repeat. They're just, they're really important to me. And one of those is um, about Perpetua and her discipleship group. Um, what do you call discipleship groups here? Life groups? Okay, so Perpetua and her life group. This is a story of a life group in the third century in Carthage in North Africa. Now, during this time, the church is persecuted tremendously, not favorably, but greatly. Tremendously is kind of a weird word. Um, the church is being persecuted. And so as people are coming to Christ, they join these life groups. And for a long time, not one weekend, not one Saturday or whatever, for a long time they go through what's called the catechumenate where they are learning the faith and they're learning to get a vision of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth so that they are willing, by the time they go to baptism, they are willing to die for this. And so a discipleship group didn't just talk about these are four things you should believe about God. A discipleship talked about how we act in this world down to the point of how you stand with your head held high when you were taken into the arena. So Perpetua was a 22-year-old woman who was not yet baptized. She's in this process of becoming. She's in a small group, a life group. Um, and she is a noble woman. In the same life group, because this is what happens in the kingdom of God, is a slave woman. Now, you'll see these in Christian art sometimes painted as two different races, and that's really um, cool as well. Um, so a noble woman and a slave woman, Felicity or Felicitas, I think is more official. Um, they, are, they are in this life group together. There's a couple of other men in this life group. And the leader of the life group, his name is Saturus. Well, Saturus must have been off someplace when all of the people in his life group got arrested. And um, they, are, they are taken to the jail and... Um, and the story begins to unfold. And we know this story because Perpetua, Vibia Perpetua, she keeps a journal of this. And someone, right after her death, picks it up, finishes the story of her death, and adds an introduction. And this is like one of these texts from the third century that we have that tells the story of Perpetua and Felicity. So Perpetua is 22 when she is arrested, and she has a young baby that's at home a nursing child that is at home. Felicity is eight months pregnant. These other two guys from the life group, it doesn't tell us much of anything about them. 
which makes up for all the times we talk about the guys, but we never talk about the women. Um, <laughs> and then um, their life group leader, he's not arrested. And they are in the prison, and her dad comes, Perpetua's dad comes and begs her, you could raise your child if you will just sacrifice to the emperor. You can just say, I'm not a Christian, and then you can be a Christian. Like, you don't, you can raise your child, you can, you just need to say this. <laughs> um, and she refuses. She, the baby's eventually brought to her in prison where she can nurse the baby until she goes to, to be executed. Um, Felicity is eight months pregnant, and she is praying that she'll be able to have the baby in time to die with her friends. Because if she's pregnant, they're not going to take her into the arena, and she's not going to get to die with her life group. Um, this is profound stuff, folks. <laughs> so Saturus hears that his life group is in jail and that they will be killed. And he goes and turns himself in because he hadn't gotten to the lesson yet on how you stand when you go into the arena. So he goes and gives himself so he's in jail with them so he can coach them through the rest of the process. And the story unfolds, and you can look it up. You can even read it on the internet. <laughs> but you can read it later this afternoon. The story unfolds of how um, they refuse, refuse, refuse to sacrifice. Felicity has her baby just a couple of days, a little girl, bef right before they are to be executed. And then it just tells, the narrator picks it up and tells how they marched with joy. <laughs> and he says they were trembling, but not with fear, but with joy. They marched with joy into the arena where various animals are set loose on them. And, I mean, it doesn't happen quickly. It's, it's a horrendous story. Um, but they had practiced. They had practiced and practiced and practiced living for another world. And this is how they're able to do that. Another story that always sticks out. Well, first of all, I'll just say one of my favorite people in church history is St. Francis of Sisi. And... Um, I'm a little bit of a geek on this, but I just, in September, I walked a pilgrimage that St. Francis walked in the 12th century, and I was kind of freaking out every day, just so happy that, um, you know, I, I walked today, wish St. Francis walked kind of thing. Um, so, but St. Francis of Assisi started this order um, of, of people who would live differently in this world. <laughs> they would care for the planet. They would... Um, they would reach out to Muslims. They would do stuff that wasn't happening. Well, there was a lay person in this order. He wasn't a priest. He was just a lay person. He was a philosopher um, whose name was Raymond Lull. And Raymond Lull, um, he decides to go. <laughs> Here's this lay person. He decides this is during the time of the Crusades. So the Christians are hating and killing the Muslims. Anything sound familiar? about our world today, right? So the, the Christians are full of hatred for the Muslims. And he thinks this is not the way Jesus would have walked. <laughs> and so Raymond goes to Pope. After, every time the Pope changes, Raymond Lowell shows up for a papal visit and tries to convince each new Pope that they should not be killing the Muslims. We should be having schools where we all learn Arabic and we all study what they believe, and we become where we can have friendships, <laughs> and we should do all of this. He does use some debate and some things that I would debate. Um, he's not perfect, but he has this vision of a different world that not even the people of God around him have, 
and he continues to pester the Pope until when no one will listen to him, when he's just about 80 years old, he himself has learned Arabic, has studied Islam, has done all this, and he goes into northern Africa and begins to preach, and he's actually stoned to death in what would be now Tunisia, Raymond Lull. How do these people learn something so different? <laughs> How do they learn to long for the kingdom that is coming in a way that helps them um, to navigate the pressures of this world? I don't know about you, like even this week I have felt like I'm watching the people of God and those who have courage don't always act with wisdom. And those who have wisdom don't often show any courage. <laughs> and how do we find role models and how do we begin to shape ourselves in this way? Well, Hebrews 12 kind of wraps up our text today, but it shows us what is the main practice that these folks had who become in the Faith Hall of Fame um, and how do we follow in the, in the way that they did Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, by so great a cloud of witnesses, all of those folks who have gone before who have been faithful, not just in chapter 11, but a Raymond Lull, a St. Francis of Assisi, uh, um, Perpetua and Felicity, um, and Saturus, who deserves some credit for going and turning himself in, right? Um, how do we follow in that way? Therefore, we are, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Here it is, folks. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. On All Saints Day, we talk about a line that is from the creed, and you're going to say the creed in a few minutes. You probably say it every Sunday. We say it every Sunday at our church. Um, but there's a line that we skip over, and we don't ever talk about what it means, really, and that's the line, the communion of saints. We believe in the communion of saints. Is that line in your creed? <laughs> um, so the idea of the communion of saints is that the veil between is very thin, right? The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, Jesus has brought them to overlap. And we live in the overlap time between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. And so those who have died in the Lord who are awaiting resurrection day and those of us who are still on earth who are awaiting the return of Jesus to set all things right, we are all part of the kingdom of heaven now, and there's a very thin veil that's between. And so we believe that when we come to the communion table, that all of them stand here with us, right? That it's not just us and our feeble attempts standing here, but all those who have gone before. There's a few more verses to the hymn that we sang for all the saints, but one of them talks about how if we listen, we can hear their song, right? And so sometimes I just like to stop at the communion table and, and listen for the whisper or listen for the song of those who have gone before. But the other thing that we realize as we practice the communion of the saints and we stand around the communion table is that as we stand here week after week, 
We are standing around the body and blood of a martyr. One who had such a vision of the joy that was to come that his mic fell off. No, <laughs> that was fun. One who had such a vision of the joy that was to come that he endured the cross. He laid down his life. He was broken and given, broken, blessed, and given for the life of the world. And so we gather every Sunday to be shaped to be that kind of person, right? We come every Sunday and we receive at the table, but then we pray that we become what we eat, right? That we would become broken, blessed, and given for the life of the world. And so as we move through the rest of the service today, I would encourage you to, um, as we say the creed, to um, really hold on to that phrase today, do you believe in the communion of the saints? And then to experience the Lord's table differently today because of those who have gone before who have showed us this way of faithfulness, not some kind of um, never did anything wrong kind of faithfulness, but a faithfulness that says, I so believe that the kingdom of heaven is breaking in and is coming in its fullness that I can lay down my life for the life of the world. Let's worship some more together.